What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Krusty Cast. I'm here, Louis Poliski, with my guest. Um, he's actually a, he actually fishes for Toledo, Ohio, at the um, University of Toledo Bass Team. Malcolm, I want you to say hi. How's it going, guys? <laughs> a lot of enthusiasm. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, Malachi, we're going into the fall. Everybody likes fall bass fishing. It's spring and it's fall. The summer's not too good. So tell me what your what you, your tactics for some fall bass fishing would be. Um, fall's a special time for me. Um, it's fun to get out there. I've never been much of a deer a deer hunter, so I always am fishing during deer season. See, and, that's like the opposite of me. I love deer hunting. So I'm, I'm you know, I start the fall and then I'm, I cut out for deer season and then I'm deer hunting the rest I'm of the year. Missing out. Missing out. <laughs> no, but... Um, it's a special time because I think more than any other time of the year, um, you can spend more time trying to match forage as far as, uh, whether that's shad, uh, craws or bluegill, um, when it comes to colors and the style of bait that you're throwing. Now I do know that I do know that the bass are balking up for the winter. That's the one thing. That's why I love bass fishing so much. They're hungry. They they literally they're like schooling up, going after those schools of bait fish. What kind of like are you are you jig fishing mostly? Are you are you um, like lipless crank, flat sided crank? What are you throwing and why are you throwing it? Um, it's a lot of the same stuff I throw throughout the year, but I like to definitely up my profile on everything. Uh, bigger. Bigger lipless cranks, bigger spinner baits. Basically, um, rule of thumb is bigger baits catch bigger fish. Um, yeah, I think in the fall, I think they like that. Bigger everything, from from jigs to any moving bait. Now, what are some of your go-to like colors um, when it comes to the fall? You imagine like if you're like say if you're fishing a jig, obviously your jig's not going to be unless it's a swim jig. Maybe it's not going to be a shad looking color. What are you like? What what's the kind of color mm-hmm. combinations you're going? Well, a lot of the lakes around here and rivers. Um, the crawfish tend to turn kind of a bluish color in the fall and into the winter. So a lot of times I'll throw a like a, a blue craw or a green pumpkin with blue flake. Um, black and blue is still good, but I really like green pumpkin with blue. Now um, is that on a, is that on a jig or is that kind of more of like a Texas rig style bullet weight setup? Like what are you doing with that? Like is that just general I mean, rule of thumb? Yeah, uh, Texas rig craw or jig either way. No, I know the, sh- the biggest thing is the shad. So I'm, I mean, I'm guessing you're throwing shad colors sh- like cranks and all that jazz, silver, black, and silver, all that jazz. Is that would you say that's true? Um, yeah, I mean, a majority of the lakes that I go to around here in uh, Southeast Michigan and around Toledo area, um, most of them don't hold shad, but the ones that do definitely go after the shad colors, the whites and whites and blacks and whites and greens. Now, what would you? What would a tip be for like fishing a nod shad color, a nod shad lake? Bluegill. Bluegill all Ma- day. Match a bluegill. Match the hatch. Yep. Now, going on from like what baits you use, what what is your like your setups looking like? What do you what do you throw in a crank with? Like, give me give me the rod, the reel, line. Um. So my my favorite crank setup, I have a uh, seven five medium heavy uh, cranking. It's a Powell uh, nuisance. And I, I love that thing. And then I have that rigged up with a, a lose um, with like a real low gear ratio, like a like a 5.3 to 1 gear ratio, I think. Now, why do you choose a 5.3 opposed to a faster retrieve? Um, it takes a lot of torque off your rod and off your reel. Um, and because when that bait's diving, I think that when people use too light of equipment and use a too high a gear ratio i think it really tears up the reel and it um affects the action of the bait too much almost gotcha (laughs) 
Now, what about your jig setup? I know in the past, whenever we went fishing, you'd always said, I need a stiffer rod. So tell me about what rod you're using for like a jig setup. Uh, my favorite jig rod is also currently a Apollo Nuisance. It's a 7.3 heavy, I believe. So I'm guessing Powell's ruling the market in the rod industry right now. Is that true? Oh, they're up there. They're good. <laughs> they're there. I, I think their their prices are, for the quality of rod, I think their prices are the best. This is not a paid sponsorship, by the way. This is just what Malachi <laughs> thinks. Okay? I, I, just, <laughs> I just like, I like Powell. Um, yeah, I think, I think for the bang for your buck, I think it's the best rod out there right now. Or not one, a, or not one an ugly one. stick? You don't think an ugly stick's good for that? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> if you have a chance of accidentally hooking into a shark or something, they, they ain't gonna, they're not going to break. Now, what about you? Like you said, you know, we talked about a little bit of finesse fishing, jig fishing, Texas rig, or Texas rig fishing. We went over your jig rod. We went, oh, no, we didn't even go over your jig rod yet. So, t- like, what's the action on your jig rod? We just said yeah, it was a Powell again. Yeah, it's a, it's a 7.3 um, heavy. 7.3 heavy. Why do you like the heavy so much? Um, I think when you're fishing cover and stuff, and, and I'm on a jig you're using a pretty a pretty stiff brush guard on some of those jigs. You need to be able to really lay into them, and you, you know all about that. So what's your favorite jig to use, <laughs> by the way? My favorite jig to use? Well, Krusty Lures makes a killer swim jig, tell you that. But uh, I'm really big on the uh, uh, BP Bass Patrol jigs, They're and they're cheap, and they're, like, my favorite jig by far. Now, the one you have in your rod is basically it doesn't have any paint on it anymore <laughs> yeah and you yeah. still you still go that's your go-to still oh, yeah it's still my go-to yep uh so going back on like do you would you say you use a lot of like spinning gear during the fall or no trying to get trying to cover yeah. all the bases from crankbaits down to like uh, just torquing through the grass to now we're kind of more finesse we're getting oh, that, yeah. we're that spinning rod out um as far as largemouth i i think a fluke is really good for matching a shad and i think that's good to have in a spinning rod but then uh Besides that, pretty much everything for smallmouth, I'm using a spinning rod, whether it's a, it's a tube or shaky head, a little shaky head. Um, yeah, fluke. We talk, we touched on like top water right at the beginning of this conversation. Let's kind of go back to that. If you're going to throw a top water, are you throwing a frog like I know you love to throw? Or are you throwing mm-hmm. more of like a buzz bait um, or something that's just fluttering on the top? What are you throwing top water wise? Um, a spook is the best, I think, for. That's for shad and bluegill lakes, but um, buzzbait's good. But I do like a frog, like a blue, like a not a frog colored frog, but a bluegill colored frog or a shad colored frog that walks really well. I like I like that a lot. Now, how how can you differentiate different frogs in the stores from like which one do you think's gonna walk better than the other? Do you have a a, a reason mm-hmm. for your picking? Um, I think if they have a narrower profile. They typically walk better. Um, that makes sense. A longer, narrower a profile. Now, that kind of leads me to ask you, have you ever used one of the like live target rats that our friend Kyle always harps on? <laughs> he buys rats whenever he can. I've never thrown the rat. Would you ever throw a rat? Oh, I would, th- I would throw the rat. You would throw the I rat? I, just, <laughs> I love my, my frogs I have now. I've never bought a rat. Or the bat. Doesn't he have a bat? I think he has a bat. I think he has a bee, too. No, I don't. I might have a bee. Spider. Some... Spider. I do want to try those spiders. Have you ever also those, uh, what's it out. called? They freak me uh, out. Longer Hunt just came out with a, a dragonfly. What do you think about that? Dragonfly. Actually, that, I'm going to see if I can pull up the video. That's probably probably killer. But yeah, dude, it looks killer. I'm not going to pull up the video, but yeah, it looks killer. I don't know how they make it It's d- dense enough to cast. It's but... just like, I'm, I'm guessing it's just kind of like cord 
like rubber that floats. I don't know, maybe it's like a little air pocket in the front. Oh, it looks killer. I saw a video on our Instagram mm. the other day, but that looks killer. Um, so going back to like the rods and technology, like that fishing, like how do you think like we could like they can improve on like rods? Because I mean, basically right now you have carbon fiber has almost gotten like the best that it can get, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what they could do different. You have every brand from Ugly Stick making rods that are cheap and affordable that will never break, and then you have rods that are like um and from talking to some people, this isn't a knock of the company, but an Enigma rods that they people claim to break. And from mm-hmm. my experience, like with um, the manufacturing process. I know that the higher quality graphite you have, it's more prone to break easier because yep. it's fragile, more fragile. Now, what do you think? Like, uh, what what's next for fishing rods, in your opinion? Do you or do you have an idea at all? Well, that's the thing. You sacrifice with the graphite. Um, you sacrifice sensitivity with durability, and I mean that's why ugly stick doesn't break, but you can't feel a damn bite on them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure they'll come up with new innovations, but what would you like to see different on like a rod? Like what would what would draw your eye to a new selection of rods? Like say 2020 iCast, you're coming out, new companies are coming out. What what would you like to see on a new rod? Mm. See, when I I don't know, when I'm shopping for a rod, I honestly am not even worried about durability as much as I am a warranty on maybe a less durable more sensitive so you're rod. looking for like a lifetime warranty kind of deal that's what, that's what sells you on them yeah or at least I'm, like a two or four year yeah i'm not gonna lie that i mean because they honestly if you're using that rod day in and day out like i know you tournament fish for toledo you are you're using those rods through the season heavy 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 so if you got that warranty you're not really worried about breaking a rod if it's that sensitive you want that sensitivity right yeah that's more um that's more worth having a sensitive rod than one that's not going to break when, yeah. it's, when it comes to cashing a check now let's let's move over to like the boat side of things. Like you, you see all these sonars and everything, and I'm not really too familiar on the sonars. I don't I haven't I don't have never had one like like I've used one that's like the the top view, the side view, three sixty real image. What do you think's next for like imaging, like boat imaging, fish finding technology? What do you think or do you think what works best in your opinion for that? Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't even mastered the stuff they have out now is Voodoo to me, some of it. It's crazy. <laughs> I think uh, you got your radiograph and your your contours, and then your side imaging. To me, that's like enough for me. I don't. I don't <laughs> it, it's gonna get to the point where it's like a underwater camera. Honestly, it's getting so. It, it's like voodoo. It's crazy. Because I know um, I was fishing on a boat with my friend Connor, and he we had he we just had one you know one display. We were fishing two on a boat. We'd switch the displays around to see what it was. But he had the side imaging, and he had like the the depth tracker and all that, so we could see. That was good enough for me. That helped me map the lake pretty good where we were fishing and everything. But then some of these other boats we were fishing against, and they were just they had like four four screens, like six different stuff. I'm like, what? Like how, how doesn't it get too much? Where you're just, mm-hmm. it, it it blows my mind away. But speaking, I'm like back to like what we're doing right now. I mean, we're talking about fishing on a podcast on the internet. Do you think that the internet and like social media has has gave fishing a whole new audience from what it used to be? Oh, definitely. I think in recent years, with with uh, all the YouTubers and Google and Squad and all them, like fishing's just taken off. Like it, it's never obviously it's never been like this. But I think all at once, it feels like in the past five years probably it's it's taken off because of social media and and youtube 
Like I know even my dad grew up fishing the Great Lakes his whole life, and that's where I started fishing. That's kind of where I knew, grew, learned, learned everything from my dad. But um, recently, after you know, I started you know developing my skills, you know, fishing with you guys, fishing with some tournament anglers up in the college level. My dad now comes to me to ask me a bunch of stuff, and he's wondering where I know all this stuff. And it's like I had to learn or teach my dad how to use YouTube and find all these different things. And now he's on Pinterest and all that jazz, looking up different fishing tactics and everything. What like what do you think about that? Do you think you've learned more of your tactics from just doing it? Because I know how much you fish, or do you think you go on Instagram, um, YouTube, Twitter, even maybe even Pinterest? I don't know if you're that kind of guy, but going on Pinterest to find new new tactics, new gear, whatever. Um. I would say mostly, I don't know, I, I, I take, most of my concepts came from somebody, whether it was a pro that I watch or somebody I fish with, um, I fish with a couple older guys and a couple guys at Adrian, I learned a lot from them, but as far as the, the, the smaller details, I would say it's just experience, um, for me, I it, like I just I take broad concepts from people and then I you take broad concepts I, I, and you kind of like hone them down yeah, to what you like, try it out and critique things myself, do things different myself, kind of like to, you, to what I like. Yeah, you see them do it and then you're kind of like, all right, well this is how I like to do this this tactic kind of thing. Like, yeah, no matter what it's you like, no matter what you learn from somebody, you're not gonna be you're not confident doing it until you do it yourself. Yeah, you kind of like tune it to do it how you you tune it your way. You know what you're saying, like what I'm saying, like tuning a guitar, yeah. right? You can pick up someone else's guitar yeah. and have to tune it. A sometimes it, sometimes there's not a right or wrong way to do something. It's just a matter of where your confidence is and how you're comfortable doing it. And that comes down. To, I mean, that goes with the rod you're using, the line you're using. Like I still use. I use six pound fluorocarbon when I drop shot and no, you don't find anybody that does that anymore. Everybody switched to braid, but I still do that because that's where my confidence is. Yeah. See, that's what I use. I, my dad uses, uh, he loves this black widow line. That's like, you can get six pound test. That's four pound diameter. Mm -hmm. And so like, I was like, man, I like that stuff a lot for like doing the finesse fishing. So that's what I use for drop shotting. And man, it's, I mean, I used it for anything like small finesse. Like it's braid. No, no, it's, um, it's uh fluorocarbon. Oh, but, um, it's, I use it for anything finesse, like small stuff, bluegill, pan fishing, and then I started using it for drop shining. And I mean, it's light line, but it's so small, it's and so it's it sensitive. doesn't. It's very sensitive too. That's why I love it. I don't use braid. I don't do like the little leader or whatever. I just mm -hmm. go straight for that black widow. Mm -hmm. Now I know you fish for Toledo. You're friends with a lot of the Adrian guys um, from. If you if you guys know college bass fishing, you know Adrian College. You're one of the best in the business um, right now. Um, how do you think that college fishing has also changed like the um, outlook on fishing? Do you think more kids are looking at fishing for a career or do you think more of them are just kind of fishing for fun and just doing their free time? Oh yeah. I think that, um, with recruiting for college and stuff, I, I think, I think like the kids have known about it for a while, but I think it's getting to the point where I think parents are encouraging their kids to pursue fishing for, for college. Yeah. Cause because even, before even my dad wanted me to go to Adrian to go fish for Adrian. And I was like, yeah. well, don't know like if that's gonna because I mean it was still a new concept generally in where we are like in Toledo area of like that's kind of a new thing here no it hasn't been done before really but then we have Adrian OSU BG OU um, I think does Kent State have a Kent team State. Kent State has a team now and now Toledo has a team like fishing is just blown up in college 
do you think again going back to that social media aspect? Do you think that's because of the outlook on you know all that YouTube stuff, um, Instagram that has brought so much attention even to the parent size that now that's encouraging kids to like they can do that for a sport? Yeah, I think yeah, all the social media and obviously uh, ESPN um, has collegiate fishing on there now. I think it's just respected more as a sport now, where for a long time, if you call it a sport, people are like, oh, that's not a sport. But today. Most people understand what it is and that, yeah, sure, there might be a little luck involved, but it ain't, it's 99%. I'll take luck over <laughs> skill any day. <laughs> it's 99% knowing what you're doing yeah. and figuring out the science of of bass fishing. Like after I started, you know, kind of fishing up with you guys, some of the guys from Toledo, I I thought I had a very good understanding of fishing until I started fishing with you guys and I basically wrote a new book in my brain of how to fish and that's what i think no one understands they think oh fishing you'll cast a line out and you just you know you hope for the best but no looking at like all the tactics and stuff you guys use all the studying you guys do to know how to map a lake know where to fish on a lake when to fish it you know what to throw if the conditions change throughout the day what what's your game plan going to be that's like all pe- all stuff that people don't think about when they're um, when they think of collegiate bass fishing or fishing in general so i think that maybe even like you see all the young guys going up, like Mike Iconelli. He was kind of the first guy to really, I think, change the change the way because it was all kind of older guys, you know, like all in competitive fishing, major league fishing. But now you have Dustin Connell, another guy that's like sponsored by the Guma Squad. That's um, kind of on the younger side too. I think it's definitely changing and definitely growing more and more popular as a sport. Yeah, yeah, it is. And those guys, yeah, those guys, Guma Squad's been honestly huge for. Yeah, I mean they're sponsoring pros now, and they're, sponsoring a lot of high schools too. Yeah, sponsoring. Yep, yep. Yeah, and high school bass fishing. That's it. It's it's going places, man. Fishing it, is definitely changing from being a hobby that you did with your grandpa to definitely being. Well, here's a free ride to our school to fish for us. Yep. Malachi, you like going out to the bars, and having a good time, right? Daily. But do you, do you hate that hangover, that nauseated feeling in the morning, right? Daily. <laughs> so there's a new product I've come across called Hangover Dog, the Golden Reliever. It's, what it is is a vitamin-based supplement that metabolizes alcohol down the right pathways, and it helps prevent the hangover, headache, and nausea. You ask me how it works, because I'm going to tell you how it works. Go ahead and ask me. How does it work? What you got to do is you got to take two capsules before you drink and two capsules after you drink. And what this does basically the two capsules before and the two capsules after is that helps get the, those vitamins in your system and helps flush everything out because the next day it really shouldn't be that rough. If you want more information about hang, Hangover Dog, you can go to hangoverdog.com. That's H-A-N-G-O-V-E-R-D-O-G.com. Or you can email me at poliski underscore lewis at aol.com. That's poliski, P-A-W-L-I-S-K-I underscore lewis, L-O-U-I-S at aol.com. All right, Malachi, let's get to know you a little bit. Tournament fisherman for Toledo. First off, how do you like fishing for Toledo? Uh, I love it. We're, we're a new, organiza- new organization, but uh, things are going well, and I think in the next couple years here, it's going get, to get pretty big, get pretty serious for the school. Love to hear that. All right, Malachi, let's see. Let's, let's, let's ask you some questions. What's the um, weirdest way you've ever been injured? I uh, was playing backyard football when I was in, like, sixth grade. And I got a knee pretty bad to the nuts. That's your, that's your funniest injury? <laughs> yeah, but it was, like, real bad. Like, I probably should have got stitches, but I didn't because I just didn't want to show anybody how bad it was. <laughs> you should have got I, stitches. I, I, I have a scar to this you have day. A, you have a scar from a knee you took in eighth grade or when you were eight. Yes. 
Oh my gosh. All right, Malachi, another kind of easy question. What's the funniest name for a pet? I think any human name. So I'm going to go with Philip. Philip? Yes. You think for a dog? <laughs> Philip Washington. Philip Washington for a dog. Okay, what about First cat? First last name. Um, Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'Donnell for a cat. <laughs> Philip Washington for a dog. All right. All right. What is your go-to pickup line when you're trying to talk to a girl? Are you a banana? Because I find you appealing. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many do you get with that one? Uh, I think I'm 0 for 8. 0 for 8 on that one. <laughs> All right. Well, don't use that one, guys. <laughs> yeah. But it's still it's worth it. It's funny. What is the most useless product that you've ever purchased? The 006 banjo minnow. The 006 banjo minnow is the most useless product that Malachi Hoffman has ever purchased. So banjo minnow, don't sue us, all right? Yeah, they're worthless. All right, when we get a little sappy, we're going to go like, we're going to go high school girl level right on this question. All right, you ready? Okay. What's your spirit animal? My spirit animal? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a peregrine falcon. Peregrine falcon. Why yeah. is that? Oh, they're just... They're just the kings of the air. You know what I mean? They're faster than everything. There you go. Can, nothing can kill a falcon. <laughs> nothing can kill a falcon. Nothing. All right. I'll, I'll hold your word to it. Except for the Vikings. Except for Sun, the Vikings. Sunday. They killed them. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> the Vikings on Sunday are going to yeah. kill the falcons. All right. No, it was, it was last Sunday. They killed oh, them. they did? Yeah. Oh, it was last Sunday. Okay. They, well, wa- they waxed them. You see how much I watch football. Yeah. All right. Let's see. We're going to go another animal question. If you could breed two animals together to defy the law, then... Oh. To like two animals that you should be able to breed together. If you could breed them together, what two animals? A bulldog and a shih tzu. Why? You know, just why? Because that's just bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I respect that one. All right, let's see. Right, we're done with the animal question. I'm done with that. Yeah. All right, would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? Tacos. Tacos times, easy. Tacos times 100. Tacos easy. I didn't even like sushi until like last week. Do you so. go out for Taco Tuesday? You a uh, fan yeah. of Taco Tuesday? I, I did yesterday, actually. What's your go-to taco? My go-to taco, like from where? Anywhere. What's your what's like? What do you, what's your what's your ideal taco? Well, uh, there's a place on Door Street in Toledo called Los Dos Gallos, and that they have the best deluxe tacos. You can get any meat, including shrimp or fish, and they load that bitch up with avocado, lettuce, cheese, tomato. It's so good. Gotta love it. So, what was that place again? If you guys are from Toledo, Los Dos Tacos. Los Dos Gallos. Los which, Dos which Gallos. Means uh, which means two roosters, I believe, and we call it two cocks. Oh, okay. So, so. Los Dos Gallos, two roosters, and they call it two cocks. All right, go there. Yeah. <laughs> Get shrimp tacos. All right, would you rather go 30 days without your phone or live your entire life without dessert? I, I would throw my phone away right now. I don't even care about my phone. So you want dessert, you're saying, or I you want just dessert. not care about your phone? Yes. All right, would you rather be the best player at the on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? Best player on a horrible team. Why is that? Think about the glory you could have for just being on the team. But you don't have glory because everybody knows that you're just good. Yeah, because but the fans else. don't know you're that good. Think, what if you were on Team USA? Whatever Olympics it was that the USA beat the Russia, miracle team, you know. And, yeah, maybe you're third-line guy, right? But you're still there repping the jersey, repping the fame and glory. I don't, I, I don't like bragging when I didn't do anything. <laughs> very humble guy, man. That's a very humble guy here. Yeah. Who, If you were a ghost... Who's the first person you'd go and just mess with? Donald Trump. You'd go and mess. What would you, what would you do to Donald Trump? Um, I'd pretend to be a Mexican ghost and I'd come after him and 
don't know. I don't know. I can't even. I, I can't even argue with that. That's some funny stuff right there. <laughs> he would definitely. He would definitely change some of his policies pretty quick. He'd be, he'd, be ter- he'd be terrified. He'd be terrified of of you, the Mexican ghost, <laughs> the illegal immigrant ghost. <laughs> like, yeah, I just went right through the wall, bitch. If you could, um, <laughs> if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, who'd you have dinner with, or lunch or breakfast? You tell me the meal and who. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of. I'm, I'm talking presidents now. I'm not a huge fan of Barack Obama, but I would love to talk to Barack Obama. As a what, person, what I, meal? Because I know you're a big breakfast guy. Oh, breakfast for sure. Breakfast for sure. Yeah. What would you talk to him about on your breakfast meal? Oh, a little bit of everything. I think life and oh man, I don't know. I just think he's a really. I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's I think, a very think, interesting guy. I think he'd be fun to talk to, but he would definitely I, be. He would, like, I, I think I didn't care for him as a president necessarily, but I think he's. I think he'd be a great neighbor. Uh, but Malachi, I think I know the answer to this question, but if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm going to say my guess right after you say your, your your food. Why don't you guess first? I'm going to guess either hash browns or eggs. Oh, close, close. Well, what is it? I don't know. That's probably out there, but I would say chicken wings. Chicken wings. Bone-in chicken wings. Hot okay, wings. Let's, let's stay on that subject, bone-in chicken wings. Chicken wings are my absolute favorite food. I love cooking them. I like going places and buying them. I love mm-hmm. eating them. Mm-hmm. My favorite place to get wings is Frickers. Uh, I, I get the I get the breaded, traditional so bone in for yeah. those who don't know. Oh yeah, and honey barbecue. I'm not a hot guy. I love their honey barbecue though. They have really good barbecue. And their their Asian zing or is that B dubs? I don't know. They have a it's it's called like uh, zesty Asian or something. Zesty Italian. Same, same thing. Yeah, but the Asian zing and the and the honey barbecue, my two favorite. Honey mustard's all right, but I'm not a hot guy. I don't like hot stuff. Where's your go to wing place? I love Frickers also. I get the the killer sauce though. The second highest. Oh, you get the, oh, you're, oh, you're every one single of those, time. You're tough, huh? No matter what, I get I'll get the bone in wings, the boneless wings, or the chicken chunks, or the pizza, or the wrap, and I get the same sauce every time because I love it. Let's see, if you were stranded on like a desert island, what would it be that this is a pretty basic question, but what were the three things being a fisherman on an island, three things you could bring with you? Rod, reel, and line. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, rod, reel, and line. Okay, if a fishing pole is one item, I'd say a fishing pole. I'll say a fishing pole with a rod, reel, line. That's all. That's one item. I'll, I'll count that as a package deal. I want a keg. A, ban- a, ban- a keg of what? Miller or Bush. And uh, what else would we want? Six-inch banjo worm. Actually, not a keg. Two kegs. <laughs> two, two kegs, kegs and a fishing rod. Two, two kegs and one rod. <laughs> you're going mean, to be there for a short time, but a fun time. Oh, yeah. You're going to die anyway. Might yeah, well you're going to die anyway. <laughs> Do you have any superstitions, Malachi? I don't believe in superstitions. You believe you're always just the best? Yeah, I, I make my own luck. You make your own luck? Yeah. Would you rather take luck or skill? Skill. You'd rather t- I would take sk- luck over skill any day. It doesn't feel as good when it wasn't worked for. I mean... It's not as rewarding. Facts, but say you're fishing, you know, your you, last hour in the finals of a tournament, and you're down in fourth place. I could be lucky and hook into a 10-pounder or have skill and catch like six four-pounders that don't even help my weight, you know? Yeah, but so luck. That's why I choose luck. <laughs> you got six four pounders and you're not winning. <laughs> that, that's not here. That's <laughs> that's not here. I think I think five four pounders would about win you any tournament around here. <laughs> yeah. If you were to be a woman, a woman for the day, what was the first thing you'd do? <laughs> <laughs> be nice to men. 
Be nice to men. Because they're, they're not very good at that. Have you have you had some experience with some with some mean ladies in your life? Oh yeah, plenty. Oh yeah. All right, well, <laughs> on to the next question, Malachi. If you were stuck in an elevator, what, and you're forced to listen to one song, what song would it be? <laughs> oh, like for all day because I'm stuck in an elevator. I would say Stairway to Heaven. Which is kind of funny because you're in an elevator and not on stairs. Right, I feel exactly. Like that's kind of ironic. Exactly. So you're. You're wishing you, you, you were have something. You have something to dream about, to think about. What is something weird that you have tried to you recommend to someone to try at least once? Ice fishing. Ice fishing. <laughs> so many people are scared of the ice. I'm not scared of the ice, man. It's just cold out there, and I'm not gonna lie. What's I, that little that low? What's that graph you you had? What's that called? Uh, that's a Markham M1 Vexlar. The Vexlar. Yeah, what, what are those things called don't. though? Oh, uh, flasher. Flashers, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I will say, with the flasher, ice fishing was way more fun. Oh, it's like a video game. It literally was. You just you put it, you drilled a bunch of holes, you put it in, and bing, you got a fish. You know that was that was fun. Yep. Let's see, what is something you hate but you wished you loved? Like for example, I used to hate pickles. Uh, I wish I loved pickles, and now I love pickles. I wish I didn't hate roller coasters. I hate roller coasters. The heights, or is it the fact that you feel like you're going to fall out? I'm scared of heights, scared. I think I'm going to fall out. I don't like going fast. I don't like going upside down. So basically, <laughs> what all do those you things. like, Malachi? <laughs> Not roller coasters. What makes you feel old, Malachi? Is it being the oldest guy on the Toledo fishing team? Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Malachi, do you have any questions for me? I've asked you a bunch of questions. What are some of your questions for me? Uh, what is something that people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of? Something that people are obsessed with, but I don't get the point of? Yeah. Um, Apple Watches and AirPods. I don't get the point of AirPods because I've tried them, and they're not that good, you and can, they're a lot of money. You can lose them so easy. You can lose them, and honestly, they make, like, even Raycon, they make, like, a bunch of, like, YouTubers getting sponsored by Raycon right now for their in-earbuds or whatever, but I've tried them out. Those are, like, good quality, and they're, like, literally half the price, like, AirPods are not that good. Like, it's just the bandwagon. And then Apple Watches. I, I did used to have a smartwatch, and it was nice, but, like, I don't need a smartwatch. Dude, some things are good just because people say they're good. Exactly. And everyone a- follows. AKA AirPods and so Apple ma- Watches. So many things like that. Okay. Uh, what weird food combinations do you really enjoy? Oof. So, okay, maybe this isn't mine, but my brother, for some reason, my brother <laughs> loved Oreos and salsa. He would eat Oreos and salsa all day. Shut up. No, he would eat Oreos and salsa, like a whole pack of Oreos and a whole jar of salsa. I would rather kill myself. And I thought that, like, I thought that was just a him thing until I went on the internet. Like, I, literally, maybe like a month ago, this, he would do this when he was like six. But like, literally, like a month ago, before the brains fully developed. Before, yeah, before the brains fully de- developed. I guess Harry, if you're listening, interesting. Um, I'm sorry, but it's true. You were weird eating Oreos and salsa, brother. And the reason why it prevented further brain development. There, Harry, I think that's maybe why um, you are the way you are. Okay. I love peanut butter on my French toast and my pancakes. Both. Oh, see, I like peanut butter, but, man, it's, like, almost too thick sometimes. And I know there's a lot no, of peanut butter you, lovers. You put it on there when it's hot and it, like, melts. And it does? It's so good. I do oh like those impressible sandwiches, though. I'm not going to lie. I think the weirdest thing I've ever done is I've eaten potato chips and ketchup. And that's not too weird because you, you eat French fries with ketchup too. But potato chips, I dip them in ketchup and then eat the potato chips. Yeah, I guess that ain't that bad. It ain't that bad. Yeah. But it's not great. It's not great, but it's not that bad. Hey, it's, you could, you could, there's definitely worse combinations, a.k.a. sauce and Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, what isn't real, but you desperately wish it was? Oh, Bigfoot, 100%. <laughs> wow, that was quick. We used to watch Big Chasing Bigfoot 24-7 at my household. Why, why do you wish he was real? Because you know how cool that'd be to actually find Bigfoot and just find him, like, just punt it's one of those Bigfoot hunters that's, like, across the field? The thing, if we knew it was real, it wouldn't be that big a deal because we have, like, silverback gorillas that are actually badass. Yeah, they are, are badass, but, like... Imagine, like, there's, like, maybe, like, they live underground. They're, like, from Area 51. They're only let out at certain times, you know? Also, I hope the Area 51 raid is actually real. I, um, the Area 51 raid, uh, please do that. If there's any Redditors listening, please raid Area 51. I will gladly watch the live streams of that. I heard they moved all that stuff. All the alien stuff from Area 51. You I think, do you, what, what, I, what I do you think? I heard it's what do you nothing think now. Is, I heard there was, like, a nuclear testing site at one point. Uh, I mean, no, it's always been an aviation test site. Oh. They have do they do like have um, bomb drops and stuff there, testing stuff. But it's like an aviation test flight, which is why I think the whole thing skewed of having UFOs there because of like the aviation test site there and how secretive it was. But um, what do you think? What do you think the weirdest thing in Area Fifty One is? If there's anything weird in there, and you know, I really want you to use your imagination right now. I don't know, dude. I don't think there's anything. Oh, I don't, come on. I don't think it's, there's... Just, it's the most secret government base. There's got to be something. Okay, worst case scenario. Okay, maybe there was some form of, I don't know, a crater or something that had living organism on it or in it. Do you think that's that, the worst? But I don't know why they would keep that secret. So I don't really know. All I, right. I don't that's, buy it. You heard it here. Malachi Hoffman does not think there's anything at Area 51. Um, one more question One for more you. question? All right, what yeah. is it? Shoot. What's the weirdest tradition your family has? Oh. Oh. Well, I wouldn't know if this is weird because we're very poor, a Polish family, right? So after every birthday, we always sing, you know, because happy birthday, and that finishes. And then my mom and my aunt, they always go crazy, and I love them to death for it because it's funny. It's always hilarious because if we ever have guests, we always go to someone else's birthday party that more than, like, four or five of my family members are, they all start singing. It's It goes like, Stola, Stola, na, gia, gia, na, Stola, Stola, na, gia, gia. And it goes on for, like... 30 more seconds. No way. And like they all everybody gets so confused about it, but I mean I think it's hilarious. So mom, if you're listening, keep keep doing what you do. Okay. All right, Malachi, well it was good talking to you on the Krusty Cast and I hope you and Toledo do great this year. Yep, thanks, man. Appreciate it.